Hello and welcome to the Grace Place NYC. We are a church in the neighborhood of Hamilton Heights in Harlem. Our purpose is to live for Christ, love the lost, and transform our culture. Well, good morning, Grace Place NYC family. Thank you so much again for tuning in on Facebook or YouTube. And it's such an honor to be able to join with you in your home this morning. I believe that God has put a word on my heart to share with you. Uh, today. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, Last Sunday, we started a series that I'm calling When God Closes the Womb. And we're looking at a time when God, not the enemy, closed Hannah's womb and allowed her to be barren. Uh, In this series, we're looking at three reasons from the Bible that God closes the womb. Uh, We looked at the first reason last week that God closes the womb because of our sinful disobedience. We saw from the story of the Israelites and the story of King Saul how God closed their womb because of their disobedience to him. Let's look at our text again this morning, and we will find that in 1 Samuel chapter 1, and we're going to be reading verses 3 through 6, and it should be up on the screen for you to read along. Year after year, this man went up from his uh, town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas The two sons of Eli were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Penina and to all her sons and daughters. Verse 5. But to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. Has God ever closed your womb? When I refer to God closing the womb, what I'm referring uh, to could be a prolonged season of waiting for something in your life, like waiting for the one, or a uh, promotion, or uh, waiting for a pregnancy. It it could mean when your cries for help seem to be met with silence. It could be uh, when something in your life dries up and you don't understand why. Or or it could mean it's a season of barrenness where no matter how hard you work, Whatever you do, it just seems like you're being fruitless. The first reason God closes the womb, like I mentioned, is sinful disobedience. The second reason that God closes the womb is because it's not his will. It's not his will. Uh, During my freshman year of Bible school, uh, this certain Latina girl caught my attention. And uh, she didn't have a car, and so I would give her a ride anywhere she went. She would flirt with me, uh, even though she says she didn't. She would flirt with me. Uh, And we got along really well, but I found out that she didn't have the same feelings for me that I did for her, and so I moved on. And so that summer, the summer of my freshman year, I started talking to another girl, and it started getting serious to the point where I thought maybe she was the one. But as things started getting more and more serious, uh, I felt in my gut that she was not the right one for me and that I needed to break up with her. And at first, you know, I just agonized over this, and, and, I, and I fought God because I did like her, but it just kept getting, that feeling just kept getting stronger and stronger until finally I broke up with her. And then lo and behold, that Latina girl named Priscilla ended up having uh, feelings for me, and uh, now we've been married for 11 years, and we have two children together. Now, that, that, that's, that's the really short version of the story. It was years before we started dating, but we don't have time for all that. But God closed the womb on that other relationship because it wasn't his will for me to be with her. 
And had I not listened to him and obeyed, my life would have been completely different and I wouldn't have ended up marrying the one God had for me. Sometimes God allows one thing to die in order to bring about something else that's his best for our lives. That you and I don't have the wisdom to see. We wouldn't, in our own human wisdom, we wouldn't have chosen that. But because God is all wise, sometimes he closes the door on one thing in order to bring about his will in a totally different way. Uh, my pastor, Mike Benson, always says that he thanks God for the doors that he's closed just as much as for the doors that God has opened in his life because God ultimately knows what's best for our lives. And, and a lot of times it's only later that we see uh, what God was doing and we look back and say, thank God that he closed that door. Thank God that I broke up with that person. Thank God that I didn't move there. Thank God that I didn't accept that position. But it's only later that we look back, hindsight is 2020, and we realize that God was right all along. Uh, on the Apostle Paul's second missionary journey, he was traveling through modern-day Turkey with his spiritual son, Timothy, and they were teaching and putting in place leadership structures in the different uh, new churches that were established there. And so let's pick up the story in Acts chapter 16, and I'm going to be reading verses 4 through 10. Now, while they were passing through the cities, they were delivering the decrees which had been decided upon by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem for them to observe. So the churches were being strengthened in the faith and were increasing in number daily. They passed through the Phrygian and Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Verse 7. And after they came to Mysia, they were trying to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. And passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. I don't know if you picked up on what was happening here in this story, but how many of you have ever tried to pursue what you thought God wanted you to do only to be met with closed door after closed door? Anybody there? Uh, you ever feel like God has called you to preach, but no one is inviting you to come to their church and preach? I've been there. In fact, uh, early on in my ministry years, in my mid-20s, I served under a leader that would not allow me to preach because he said that all I cared about and all I wanted to do was preach and I didn't want to do any of the dirty work of the ministry, which was so ironic because at that time I was at, I was literally the janitor of the church. So all I was doing was the dirty work of ministry, uh, but, but uh, it, it's all good. Uh, but I, I've been there. I've, I've felt like this is what God wants me to do, but I've just been receiving closed door after closed door after closed door. You ever feel like God wanted you to get that promotion only for it to go to someone else? You ever feel like she or he was the one, and when you asked them out, they shot you down, and they said, well, I'm just taking a break from dating right now. Two weeks later, they started dating someone else. Uh, Paul desired to journey east into Asia to preach the gospel and start more churches, but the Spirit of Jesus would not permit him to go east and do that. Why? Because God wanted Paul to go west. He wanted him to go into a different direction. Paul 
was probably confused. In his prayer time, he's probably thinking, but God, I have this 25-page business plan about how we are going to take over Asia with the gospel. And, and so this, I want to do this for you. Why are you not permitting me to go in the direction that I want to go? I'm doing this for you. I want to preach the gospel and make your name known. But God said, no, I don't want you to go that way. And the reason he closed the womb for Paul to go uh, east into Asia is because that wasn't his will for Paul. Everything, this is important, church. I really need you to pay attention to this statement. Everything good in your life isn't necessarily God's will or purpose for you, okay? Somebody needs to hear that today. Just because it's good doesn't mean it's God. Just because it looks good doesn't automatically mean you have to take it. Just because it pays more doesn't mean you're supposed to take it. Just because it's a higher position and it'll make you look better doesn't mean you're supposed to accept it. It might, but it might not. Just because she has nice legs doesn't mean she's the one. Have you even thought about what her character on the inside is? Okay. Because Paul listened to the Holy Spirit and allowed God to close his womb, Paul traveled into Macedonia and met a woman named Lydia who became the first convert in Europe. Christian communities were established in Philippi, Thessalonica, Berea, and Athens. The gospel spread throughout Europe. And then if you fast forward, the gospel went into America. And so many of us have been touched by the love of Jesus because Paul decided to obey God and he went west instead of east. In my own life, I've seen God's will accomplished directly connected to a closed womb. He sometimes closes our womb in order to reroute us towards his will. Some things have to die in order for other things to rise. Uh, we started our church in the Upper West Side at a school called PS87, and we were there for almost two years until we were told by the school that they were no longer going to renew our lease. I totally believe that this closed door of ministry was, was uh, God ordained because he wanted us to go to Hamilton Heights, the neighborhood that we are currently at. But in order for us to get there, he had to close the door, he had to close the womb on where we were currently at. You know, and I feel a sense of love and affinity for the people in Hamilton Heights that I, 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 never, I never got a chance to feel in the Upper West Side. Yeah, I like the buildings in the Upper West Side. I like the restaurants in the Upper West Side. I like the vibe in the Upper West Side, but I don't feel connected to the neighborhood that the way I feel connected to the neighborhood our church is in right now. But one thing had to die in order for something else to rise. Speaking of Hamilton Heights, when we were looking for apartments in New York City uh, before we moved there, we probably looked at a hundred different places in the Upper West Side because we knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God wanted us to move and live in the Upper West Side. But every time we put in our application for an apartment, the answer was no. You don't make enough money. You need a guarantor in the tri-state area. Well, we don't know anybody in the tri-state area. We're moving from Texas. Or they accepted someone else to the apartment. Time after time after time, we heard no. Finally, my high school principal's sister, who is a realtor in Queens, 
sent out a mass email to all of her uh, real estate colleagues and told a bit of our story and said, this family needs an apartment. And she got one response from somebody saying, I have an apartment that I can help them with. And it is the apartment that we are currently living in right now in Hamilton Heights. And get this, soon after we moved in, the landlord told us there was another apartment that opened up right underneath us. And that's where the Madranos currently live. I had never even heard of Hamilton Heights up to this point, but God did, and he wanted us there. Our dream of living in the Upper West Side had to die in order for God's will for us to be in Hamilton Heights could be accomplished. If you're in a season of prolonged waiting for something, whatever that is, maybe God is trying to reroute the direction you're going in because the will of God is over there not where you're trying to push the door down in. Somebody needs to hear this. Somebody is trying to barge into a door. They're trying to break down a door. They're trying to, they're leg kicking a door, trying to leg kick a door down. And God is trying to, to, to he's trying to reroute you because there's another door that he has for you to go through. Instead of resenting God for a closed womb, can you ask him if that thing you think you have to have or that place you think you have to go or, or whatever that is, can you ask him if that's even his will for your life? Maybe the barrenness you're going through is God trying to get your attention. Maybe he's trying to close the doors on something that's not his will. Maybe he's wanting something to die so that his will can arise. In order to have this posture, though, you need to fully trust God that he knows what he's doing in your life. That's the only way you can have this posture. This is the only way you can walk this path, that if you completely trust God with your life, then you understand that he's wiser, smarter, and better at doing this thing called life than you are. You need to fully trust him to take the wheel. Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9 says this, very famous passage. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that God is infinitely smarter, wiser, and better at navigating through life than you are? Do you really believe that as far as the earth is from the heavens, that's how much higher God's thoughts are than, than our thoughts. That's how much higher God's ways are than our way. Do you really believe that God, because he knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end, that he can do a much better job of, of guiding us and leading us than we can in and of our own strength? Do you really believe that passage of scripture? Can we agree that God is infinitely smarter, wiser, and better at guiding our steps than we are? Let me ask you some questions. Is God's will more important than your ambition? Is God's will more important than what you want and desire? Is God's will more important than your drive to be great? Lilas Trotter, who was an artist and missionary to Algeria uh, from the late 1800s until her death in 1928, talks about the buttercup flower in her book, Parables of the Cross, and my wife, she, she gets on this kick with different authors, and so she's been nonstop talking about Lila's Trotter lately, and so 
she told me something about her and I was like, wow, that literally goes along with my sermon. And so uh, this, this is for you, my love. I'm adding her in for you. Uh, and so listen to, to what she says about the buttercup flower in her book, Parables of the Cross. And we should have a graphic up on the screen so that you can see the visual as well. Look at this buttercup as it begins to learn its new lesson. The little hands of the calyx clasped tightly in the bud found the beautiful petals. In the young flower, their grasp grows more elastic, loosening somewhat in the daytime, but keeping the power of contracting, able to close in again during a rainstorm or when night comes on. You can see this image in the left picture on your screen with the calyx uh, tightly uh, clasped around the, the, the petals to where you can't even see the petals. But see the central flower, which has reached its maturity. The calyx hands have unclasped utterly now. They have folded themselves back past all power of closing again upon the petals, leaving the golden crown free to float away when God's time comes. Have we learned the buttercup's lesson yet? Are our hands off the very blossom of our life? Are all things, even the treasures that he has sanctified, held loosely, ready to be parted with, without a struggle, when he asks for them? Just as the little hands of the calyx of the flower fold down in order to allow the flower to bloom, are we willing to fold our hands down so that the will of God can blossom in our lives? Are we willing to take our hands off so that God's will can be accomplished in our lives? Are we willing to let go of the things that are not God's will, even if they're good? I think this is the biggest struggle of the Christian, not to let go of bad things, of evil things, of sinful things. But I think the real struggle of Christians as we walk with God longer and longer is are we willing to let go of the good things? in order to pursue God's will in our lives? Are we willing to allow the closed womb or closed doors or closed opportunities to become a pathway of God's glory? If God never gives you a child of your own through pregnancy, will you allow that pain, and it's a deep, deep pain, will you allow that pain to take shape in your life in a way that brings about God's will in your life? If God never brings the one into your life? Will you serve God in your singleness in a way that you could never serve Him if you were married? If God never blesses me with a lot of money, will I be generous with what He does bless me with? If God never gives me the gifts or talents that others may possess, will I still allow Him to use the gifts that I have to bring Him glory and to be used for His kingdom purposes? We need to allow the pain of our barrenness to become a story worth telling. But in order to do that, we must take our hands off the situation and allow God's will to bloom. Some of you listening today, you are not allowing God's will to bloom in your life because your hands are strangling what God wants to do in your life. Your hands are holding back the will of God from being accomplished. What you think is good has a hold on your life so deeply, so strongly, that you are not allowing God to accomplish what He wants to accomplish in your life. If you'll just let go, 
If you remember the story of the rich young ruler, uh, the, the rich young ruler goes to Jesus and says, how can I inherit eternal life? And, and Jesus says, follow the commandments. You know the commands. And he says, I do all of those things. And Jesus looked at him and he said, sell all of your possessions and follow me. Because Jesus saw through the fluff and he saw the thing that was holding this uh, rich young ruler captive from really pursuing the will of God was his possessions. Are you willing to let go? Are you willing to get your hands off so that the will of God can bloom in your life just like the flower that we just saw? Sometimes God closes our womb in order to bring something better into our lives. But other times, God simply just closes our womb. Sometimes the, the death is what God's will is. He's not going to bring something better from the outside. The better is going to come from the inside as he molds, shapes, and forms you into who he wants you to become through this circumstance and situation. You know, sometimes we, we feel like the only way I can give this thing up here is if God gives me something better over here. But there are times where God simply says, I'm closing the womb and I don't have anything better from the outside. But I'm going to develop something on the inside. I'm going to create a story in your life that you can use to minister to others. If you will go through this and allow this death to happen, you are going to have a depth of intimacy with me that you would never have had I allowed you to keep what you want to keep or have what you want to have. I'm going to allow you to see me in a way that, that, that you would never be able to see me had you not gone through what you're going Sometimes the death is God's will. And when that happens, we must come to a place where we say, God, I don't understand the barrenness in my life and I don't even agree with it, but I trust you. I trust that you have my best interest at heart. I trust that you are infinitely smarter and wiser than me and you are going to lead me because you love me. Because you... Uh, selflessly love me and you sacrificially love me and you love me so much that you went to the cross for me and because of that I can throw my full trust into you and wherever you lead I can go it's when we come to that place where we say Lord do with my life what you think is best and I will bring you glory even through the pain and disappointment and when we do that, joy and peace will flood your soul. And instead of that area being a sore spot, it can actually become an opportunity in your life to bring glory to Jesus. It can actually become an opportunity in your life to be able to minister to others and help others. Instead of a source of bitterness or resentment, it can be a source of glory. It can be a source of resurrection. It can be a source of power. It can be a source of ministry in your life. We can walk in contentment knowing that Jesus is enough. Thank you for being with us at TGP NYC. You can listen to other sermons on Spotify or wherever else podcasts are available. For further details about the Grace Place, please visit tgp.nyc.